0: Want to do better? Then it's time to change the story. Welcome to our show about new visions currently transforming the world through the confluence of art, tech, and innovation. And now your hosts, Michael Ashley and Neil Sahota. Hey, welcome to another episode of Changing the Story. I'm really stoked for our guest today, Ryan Patel. He's a trusted authority on global business, the political economy, and planning for long-term growth. An expert on scaling businesses and driving cross-functional collaboration, his worked for startups to publicly traded companies. His deep knowledge in strategic global market development, concept scalability, digital transformation, fintech, consumer-driven technology has made him a thought leader in the global business realm. He is a CNN contributor, board of director, and senior fellow with the Drucker School of Management at Claremont Graduate University. Hey, hey welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks for having
1: me. That's uh, quite an intro, so I appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks for being here, Ryan. Ryan, as a visionary, what is the story that you want to bring to the world? I think one of the things that we're, you know, for me, it's like we're all in this together in a global community. And when I say that, that doesn't mean necessarily the point of view to say, you know, hey, that sounds like a a a sappy tagline. You know, what I mean by that is we have to include all different perspectives. And let me dive that into a little deeper. Like, you know, I think jobs and uh, industries are more intertwined than ever. And I also feel, and I'm a little bit biased because my background is kind of, I guess, multifaceted. It's just not, doesn't live in one sector. I feel like the knowledge base for everybody moving forward is that you do have to understand what other departments are doing, what other industries are doing. I think you don't need to be an expert in all those things, but I think having that conversation and understanding what, you know, maybe retail and tech does. What does cybersecurity and, you know, healthcare matter, you know, they could easily be something in your mind that was separate industries, but we're seeing that they've always come together. And for me, I've always been a believer of that, just like in social responsibility and and, and in for-profit businesses, there's a way that you can make money and still give back and still be genuine about it. And I think that's the story that I feel is changing. And I'm really excited about that story changing. Sometimes I feel like it's not fast enough, you know, even including you know, you know, gender equality and even different age gaps and different knowledge bases, even on board governance and what that looks like on a conversation wise too.
2: I recently read a book called Range and they were talking about this tendency, especially in academia, to silo disciplines. And they were talking about the economic incentives behind it, where if you're a specialist, for instance, if you're a doctor, that uh, if you're the only one or, or one of the only ones that does what you do, you can, of course, charge more. But it sounds like you're saying that we need to have basically society that we need to emphasize more polymaths, people that are are able to have a broad range of knowledge and expertise and how that will benefit our culture. Is that kind of what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I, I think from a, a from a skill set as an individual, right? I mean, I I, I know I'm going to get probably tweeted at all the marketers in the world saying, you know, you, you just said Ryan the opposite of specializing your niche. No, yeah, you you do have to be good, you know, specialize in a certain degree on what you're doing. But what I'm saying is, if you think about corporate America, you think about the average, you know, you think about innovation and these ideas. You know, no offense to the, all the AI experts, but you know they can't come up with all the greatest ideas. I think the ideas come and it can can filter in in a room with non-tech experts as well, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying as an individual, right now we're in the midst of you know kind of in a lockdown. What is the best thing that you can do for yourself? And I think advancing your skill sets, not just in your niche, but in other places, and having that understanding of it. I Think we we as society would be become better, right? I think we'll 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 be more knowledgeable of social issues and 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 and, and Just things in that we've never had time to versus just being so siloed just focusing on just one thing
0: I, I 100% agree, right? I think we we often Think other people think and act the same way that we do and we know that's not the case right that Everyone's got a little bit of different perspective, and obviously the background, and if we could kind of get to know the other people, other perspectives a little bit more, right? I'm not saying be a master, but understand a little bit foundationally where they're coming from, it makes a huge difference, right? Because we always talk about we want to be more collaborative, but you know, ironically, sometimes I feel like the more we specialize, the more siloed we actually want to become.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and it's so funny. I, Everybody asks, well, why did you come up, you know, what... Not that this is a different thinking, but like you can tell for each person, it's different. It means something. Like for me, understanding, and I'm not an engineer, but I've always been fascinated. My wife's an engineer, but they always look at things and problems differently. And guess what? I want to take that. I want to take that and add that to mine. And I think I kind of have, at least to my, to the best of my ability. And that's why things like AI, machine learning, like I have taken. Owns to understand more of that and be able to. I can't say who yet, but hopefully it'll come out but you know I'm writing a big report around fintech for a big publisher that hopefully will come out in a few months and I'm so excited about writing it because it's come from my perspective of not just what the industry is going But I love being in a room when there is Different backgrounds or maybe I'm this separate background and talk about how do you scale something? How do you talk about consumer experience because it is all inter interrelated and um I don't know I, i'm just biased because i feel like trends just don't start in one place it's one region of the world it, it comes from all over the place and because of my background of building and scaling companies globally i always feel like you take those and you bring it back you just don't start one place and push it on upon other people absolutely so um and how, how can we promote this kind of idea this
2: kind of p- type of thinking to our educational system uh more and more uh i, I feel like A lot of students are losing the ability to critically think about issues. They don't have the wider context as to, you know, why we do the things we do. Um, And the wider context, context historically, how can we promote this kind of uh,
1: thinking in our schools to be more well-rounded? I can tell you one thing. It's already happening. Now, I don't know how fast it's happening. I mean, you you can see, you can talk about the pandemic, how that has just changed the way how people you know do online you know everyone now goes oh look everyone's doing zoom calls now it's like well we've been doing it for a while you know now everyone's just catching up and i think part of that conversation has always been the the back and forth between academia and professionals like where is that balance i think everybody i mean I say everybody but there needs to be a balance i think it just it's just i think it's imperative and then when you have why bringing up covid-19 is that it changes the game there is no answers to Everyone, I mean, if you had an answer, we'd already be doing it. Now it's the best. How do you really go forward? And I think academia has to be, you know, if you're not going to f- get forced into this conversation, you will no longer exist. <laughs> if you still, if, if, if there's institutions, which none of the ones I know well have, have said this, of like, well, we're only going to do the same thing we've always done. I've seen the great ex- institutions making changes. Like, we're going to have more of a, a, a better mix. We got to understand what the current problem is because academia typically gets picked on as like, as, well, never really trendsetters, right, just kind of researching and looking back. And that's not, that's unfair, but I think the great academia academic folks are the ones that are balancing their knowledge base so when the students come out of school, they know, right? It's not just about networking, which it is, but it's about, well, oh, I, I'm familiar with that subject or I'm familiar with that topic that is trending, right? And I think people are 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 finally going to get pushed. To talk about relevant things in the classroom, because guess what? It changes the next semester. <laughs> I mean, if you took a class this past spring, the class that you're going to teach in the fall is going to be so much different. Um, and, and and I think that's and it's, it's imperative, right? And, and sometimes those writings and the research isn't as available as it should be.
0: 100 percent. And you know, I I I really love the the, the energy, the mindset you're bringing here, Ryan, and my my big question though is that even if we as we do these things what about the the company or organizational side where are they creating the culture for to tap into the potential from this
1: yeah i you know not not fast enough i think i mean because how how do you i mean the question with with many of these companies especially let's just say right now where one they're either it's like we were talking earlier survival mode or are they looking to do something in the future and I've seen some great ones CEOs that I've spoken recently um, that they're like, well, we're betting that it's, it's us having some major layoffs. It's going to be hard for us in two months to get them all back. And so how do we do it in a way to create a culture of transparency? And many of those companies are having, you know, they've never had, you know, company-wide calls on zoom where they open up the forum for anyone to ask questions. They've never done that before. Now they're doing it. So people are, 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 CEOs are asking directly from no matter who, do I have my job? And I think that human culture is a good thing, right? It's a good thing because I think to your point, you're now building it. So some people get afraid, like some execs get afraid well, I've never had it now. And now if I start, it's too late. It's never too late. Um, I think that's, that's part of the culture that needs to, needs to happen. Um, I think it's not going as fast as many, some of these bigger organizations need to be, but you'll see in the next two, three months, we just saw Hertz file for bankruptcy and, and many of these other companies, um, they have to change the way that they do their model. And if their model's changing, I can assure you the culture is going to change uh, with the people that they're going to need to bring in um, to doing this.
0: Change is hard, though, right? I mean, I, I get a lot of companies are trying to keep the lights on and figure out how to survive. But it's like there's a golden opportunity to thrive. And you can't really just go back to the way things were in some industries. I mean, well, and, and it's so funny because I think I... I,
1: I that that assumption on extreme, both sides, I think people are like, well, it's going to have to change. And then there's some people who say, well, it's just going to go back. And the funny part of it is it's going to be both. Right. Like, I don't want to tell everyone here, like, Oh yeah, everyone's going to learn. And then they're going to move forward. Let's just be honest. No, some companies are going to go back to doing the same thing. You talk about, you know, the gyms, for example, the gym industry specifically, you know, people, there's going to be people, who want to go back into the gym and some people who don't. and, and, how the gym industry is going to evolve in the in-person gym industry is what are they going to need to do right and and it can't be always the same and um it'll be very interesting to see what lessons companies take from a technology perspective as well specifically and how they incorporate going forward because you cannot just ignore what just happened and i'm not saying you should change your whole model on like well if you're always working from home now and change it i know some companies just can't do that but you do need to have that conversation unfortunately, and you need to have it transparently. Yeah, I completely
2: agree. And to go back to what you said just a moment ago, uh, I thought it was very interesting about changing the culture. And it seems like this is very much an outgrowth of people like Brene Brown talking about the need for vulnerability. I've seen this with Vistage groups too, where we're talking about leaders that are more emotionally sensitive. Uh, They're more willing to be vulnerable to answer those questions you mentioned on the call. In the future, what do you think tomorrow's business leaders look like to you? How, do, how are they composed in terms of their, their emotional constitution, the way that they, they uh, conduct themselves, especially with their team, to encourage uh, innovation, to encourage people to be profitable, but also to be sensitive to the people that they're working with?
1: I mean, we've been hearing this word of empathy, right? People have to be more, you know, have, have that to be a leader skill set. It's not a new thing uh it's just, i mean that you still had to be a good leader to have it i think what that means now more so than ever is that you actually have to leaders have to spend time on what that means like that 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 definition means different for different people and you have to do it in your own in your own um you know not just in your mindset but in your own personality right and i think that's what we're going to see better leaders do like you can't copy anybody like you can try to but people can tell that that you're not real um and you know and you're not fake and and i think saying that you don't saying that you make mistakes saying that you understand what's going on or or don't understand the next generation i think we're going to see more of that rhetoric come out but again it's if somebody doesn't necessarily want to share things like that it takes a learning process there's no on and off switch on saying okay tomorrow when i ask hey how's everyone's weekend like that's just fake like you don't care what i did and how and then in the context of does that matter? and How does that matter in, the, in your team, right? Like you, you have to spend some time on what you want to build and what is okay. What are the guardrails um, and, and, and all of that? And how does that affect the business? I really do believe that that's an uh, integration that um, leaders will need to be better understanding of not just what individuals are facing in the world today, because it's obviously changed from a year ago but also in the future, what's, you know, things that can they help in, right? That helping piece, that ability and wanting to help and helping in the right
0: way is important. I, I would agree. And I think like you look at like Governor Cuomo got a lot of props, you know, during the, the height of the pandemic saying like, look, I don't have that answer. We don't know yet. We're, we're trying to figure that out and it's gonna be bad, right? And he seemed to get a lot of respect for for at least being honest, not, not what people wanted to hear. But one of my big fears is, I think you're right, Ryan, we're, things should, should change and a little bit more openness and real connection's important, but I feel like as the country reopens and things reopen, people are gonna revert back to the old ways. I mean, not, not that the, one or the other extreme is necessarily the right thing here, but you talk about balance, how, how do people figure out the balance? Well, let me tell you one thing. Of course, they're going to go back. I mean, the fact that
1: the fact that we're in let's just pick the U- U.S. example, and that women are not equal to men in gender equality and pay, that tells you something. Like, I don't need to know any other stat that says, "Well, will it go back?" Well, not. Like, you look at the board governance on the S and P 500. Only is, average age is like sixty plus. Only ten percent women. Only ten percent minorities. And you're telling me that the businesses again, there needs to be a mix on the board. I'm not saying that you don't need people that are really seasoned you need a mix of those things and then now you're asking me well i'm afraid that it's going to go back of course it is i think it's it's going to go back and what what needs to i mean it's not so much what needs to happen but th- these kind of conversations within organizations are going to change this right it's who's going to solve the problem i guess what don't expect one group to solve it for you right it's governments it's companies it's consumers let me tell you consumers have a voice and they matter Like they can hurt you in the pocket. I remember saying this for, you know, a couple years ago when I was on the United Airlines uh, breaking news segment and I said something along the lines, I was like, yes, I understand United is going to get their market share back, but this is going to change the overbooking policy forever. And I remember the anchors going, what are you talking about, Ryan? You're crazy. The top four airlines could do whatever they want to do because they've got the monopoly on it. I was like, but what's changed is the consumers have decided I'm not going to fly with you for a few months or I'm not gonna do that, and that hurts the bottom pocket. That's what I think is, I think that's the the wild card in this, uh, Michael O'Neill, is that we as individuals do have some say in a different way, and we can share it because we live in a digitally connected world than ever. Right, so
2: can you give us some other examples? Uh, I think it's really interesting what you're saying, and I remember the incident exactly we were talking about with United, where consumers can be taking action, voting with their pocketbooks, if you will, what are some of the other things that, that they need to speak up in, in your mind, things that,
1: that should change, especially in relation to
2: what we're going through right now?
1: I think, don't, don't you guys think diversity and inclusion is coming up in conversation because of who? Well, I mean, I know everybody wants to talk about, well, leaders lead, right? CEOs have a vision, but leaders, the CEOs of companies like Apple, Tim Cook and Microsoft, right? They're taking stances on social, social issues, not just for as they're not just doing it for themselves. They're doing it for their employees they're doing it for their consumers they're doing it because it is the right thing to do but it's also because they're held accountable right and I think you even take a look at things of like um, going green on, on, on consumer packaged goods um, products people are now reading or paying ten cents more for something to say oh if I buy this one day of clean day water is given or if I buy this um, you know someone's fed I think those kind of initiatives especially in the it, I see a lot in the trends obviously in the food You know, in the food industry, people are really trying to create a story about, well, this is sustainable food, stable, sustainable farming. Look at the plant based, look at the plant based industry right now with Beyond and, you know, Impossible Burger alone. Think about having this conversation three years ago. People were just like, well, that's just for meaty, that's just for people who don't want to eat meat. Well, no, it's not anymore. It's an actual sustainable, people are doing sustainable farming in the Midwest. And now it's, it's mainstream, it's, guess what? It's mainstream media now. Right. I, I, I'm pretty I, I can say that plant based foods are now mainstream media because I know I've been on it talking about it and not from a perspective of being vegetarian or whatever the case is, just because people want to know what does this mean? How is it added? I mean, did you believe would anyone want to believe it's now in Burger King and in QSR in QSR restaurants that always care about the cost and margins? And I think that's a conversation, not just because of someone's preference of food. Right. That's something that the consumer overall wanted to have. Right. It's not just, uh, I remember, you know, when people are lactose intolerant, they want lactose intolerant options. Right. When they go to the ice cream store or frozen yogurt store. Well, but when the, when people who are not lactose intolerant try the product, you're like, oh, wow, this is pretty good. I want to try this now. Right. It does change the mindset a little bit. Not to use that as an example, but I thought, you know, it's one of those things that we're going to see more of um, more vocal voices. Right. Because it's going to be fair, even when you see, Speaker lineups at conferences. I I think people are 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 savvy enough to see. Well, who who is it? Do they look like me? Do they talk like me? You
0: know, what what is it? Am I going for? I I actually think this is a great opportunity. I know there's a lot of bad going on, but you know, so you know, I've had this conversation a few times now, where a lot of the the now big companies got their start during a really bad spell, like Google and Airbnb and all that, and it's like either Focus on the problems. You can focus on the opportunities, but I think it was uh, Rahm Emanuel that said, "Never let a good crisis go to waste." Right? You want to try and do something big or enact a a big change? Now is the time to tap into that. Yeah, it's great. I got asked this question the other day. Like, you know, how do you stay?
1: You know, people are having a hard time. All of us do. uh, How do you stay positive? Right? And it's and for me, and 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 I think you guys know, especially for me on LinkedIn and sharing. The, the different topics that I share, it's, I understand there's opportunity. If you focus on what's going on right now and dwell on it, um, it's really easy to lose what is in front of you. And we've all gone, you know, many of us have gone through the recession and other kind of ups and downs in our careers. For me, it's also become second nature. It's like, yeah, I understand it's bad, but man, there's a lot of different places that we've never thought of. And if you let your mind open, if you let your mind actually think about things that you've done that you can do differently, you learn, You will come up with, I assure you, you will come up with something that you've never thought of in your mind, in the way that you look at things, the way you do things, the way you look at technology. I mean, it's funny how the, that conversation no longer, maybe you guys would disagree with me, you know, before going in the pandemic, it was, is tech bad, just tech good. I don't really hear that conversation anymore. It's, it's just, you know, and, and there's still a debate around that, but like, you're looking at what technology does what it doesn't do you should be the one deciding what that looks like, right? Not somebody else and this is what a what an opportunity to be able to to talk about that and unfortunately It's in this it's trust me I wish that this was upon none of us because I'm sure we would have been way better off in this places But you know the question now becomes how do we make this situation into a better situation? And How do we all recover together faster and I'm hoping it pushes all of us to come together uh, in that same mindset
2: right so let's imagine that more people feel the way that you do and let's imagine that we begin to have this recovery that it looks like there's are signs that it's actually even starting to occur right now what does the world look like to you a few years from now based on what
1: happened this spring uh this this is this is a change and i mean i not i don't like to do predictions but this is a change it this is monumentally changed the way we look at things to the next generation. We're not talking about the next generation. I'm talking about the kids that are in elementary school, middle school, the future leaders, this event, single-handedly just changed the way they looked at just health, specifically health wellness. Um, I think we're going to see in the next few years and I'm hoping more around that, like how, you know, what health insurance, like I think the health industry is going to get, I mean, I've said it. I think I said on Drucker day last year when I hosted who and, the healthcare industry, like it's gonna get disrupted, but it hasn't been yet. I I think in two years, this is it. Like This is the place that pushes us over to the place that healthcare is gonna look, uh, feel a lot different. I also think that us understanding, and this is more of a hope, us understanding different countries, the ability to trade, different people. I would hope that this puts us together in a conversation more. Um, and why that's important for business. It, well, I think it's important for the right thing, but you know, I guess I sometimes have to break it down for the business perspective, you know, is that you can only come up with so many great ideas. <laughs> and, you know, how do you really adapt locally truly? And I think people are gonna open up more and see and, and have a little more empathy. And I think that that in doing so, if there's more people thinking that way and cultivating relationships, not just looking at it as a short-term perspective, I think you will come up with new infrastructure ideas. I mean people are talking about smart homes, smart, you know, all these ideas that we're already training, the question becomes, is that yield curve faster now? Right? Are we going to go that route faster? And um in some industries, I think it 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 definitely has opened up that conversation.
0: Well, it, it I it's really interesting because I, I think so because some of the things that people are resistant to, like telemedicine or even online classes now that they were kind of thrust into actually using it they're not actually thinking two steps ahead and saying like well why do not we doing vr classes why don't we have ai tutors and you know why, why can't we have like a virtual physician's assistant helping to diagnose a patient at home and it's 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 funny to kind of see this 180 in the i, I won't call it thinking but the openness to these ideas and i hope that's something that winds up becoming a sustained thing for our society i mean what what are things that people can do to try and maintain that like mindset
1: Remi- to 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 be to remember that you had no choice <laughs> to remember <laughs> that this point of time and that's what i'm a little bit afraid of is that you know once it's as anything when you are in hard times you tend to forget as an individual how hard it was then you start thinking about it and go oh wow i had i went through a job loss i went through a cut I went through this twice. I don't want that feeling ever again. But you know, the longer you're away from it, the longer you're, you forget how bad it was, right? And I think, and it and it can't just take someone uh, on TV giving you a constant reminder. I think it it really does have to resonate with a, a mindset of 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 shifting behind it. Of um, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting to me because I haven't seen you know we're in the middle of this still and what lessons people, I mean, I'm I'm interested in what lessons actually people actually take from, like, what are you, what are we actually learning that we are going to keep doing in the future? I mean, the, the funny that you mentioned about, you know, telemedicine, I mean, let's talk about the delivery model, for example, like people now, the pit curbside delivery is real. <laughs> like that wasn't even a real thing. initially. let's, let's, let's throw out, you know, um you know, Instacart and those guys, you know, who are obviously winning, but, Think about how it changed about you know Walmarts and Costco's not there yet, but where you can just pull up and people just drop off groceries into your car, and that you're planning to do your grocery shopping one week in advance. That's not something that was a normal individual's lives, and now you've just done it for two months. I'm gonna take a guess. There's gonna be a, a strong percentage of those people who are gonna continue to do it and and continue. I mean, I I even throw myself in that category where I don't necessarily use that option, but boy, did I like it. Like I actually like it. So I'm sure there's a certain amount of people going, oh, that was convenient, easy. I don't have to always go in the store or go in the store. Um, my, My brother's kind of funny. He goes, well, this is cool. Like you can put it in and we're winning. I'm like, there's no winning. They're still making money off of you. It just doesn't seem like you're going in there and spending an hour in there.
2: Absolutely. And I think also uh, from a a sociological perspective, I think I've heard from a lot of people that they just realized they were too busy and that they weren't spending time with their family and they weren't cooking at home. That's something we we did it already a a lot, but we're doing it much more now. And I feel much more connected to my family throughout this time. And I think that that is another big wake up call that we're seeing amongst the the population.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, at least for me, I'm so happy. Like that people are a lot more open to like kids at home and family. Like for me, I not to say you always hide that. I've always had to hide that. I always had to hide that prior to coming into this COVID thing. COVID thing because now it's like it's okay if your kid is in the background making noise. Right. And and I know that's a personal thing. For me, I always like you know want to try to keep it professional. But now everybody's like it's okay, and I'm like oh that's weird how that just changed in about thirty days. Uh, that that's now the norm. It, it's okay. You know something in the background might you know is messed up or or something like that and um, That is a step I think in the right Is in the right st- in the right place, right? You know my uh, Michael O'Neill you were talking about What do we see change in the future? Like I think that's a change I don't think we're gonna go back from that. I think people are gonna be a lot more open about your family life when you're at home and to the balance you said, Michael, you know, I, I like that I could be more home and not sit in traffic. Right. And and I've always, you know, at least in my life, in my and what I do and, and 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 I like to have that balance. You know, I've always always trying to find it anyway to be not missing events for the kids. And I, I think I do a we do a great job of doing it, but like this makes it easier on me. I don't have to really decide. I can do both. I don't have to go grocery shopping for two hours. I can just take 15 minutes and come back and have more time for myself, my mind, my, you know. Also, not to keep going on this, but like, it's also, I wrote an article um, for Thrive that, you know, this is the the mental piece for each of us, like a, a reminder for us to find our own breathing, even if it's five minutes. I mean, I mean, just do it two, two minutes for yourself, just to take the time to to break out. And it's really hard. Like people think it's really easy. Oh yeah, I'm going to find five minutes and just let's just practice breathing and do nothing. Like it's hard when you have a lot of people in the house or in the room or um, if you're if you're even if you're an individual by yourself, like you have a lot of different things that you can do. Um, and I think I'm hoping that that's one of the reminders that stick with me, that, you know, you do have to take more breaks for your mind to think what's important, what's not. And, and, I, and, and actually doing it. It's one thing to actually understanding it. and It's another thing actually doing it.
0: I think that's actually fantastic advice. I you know tell to my better half all the time. Got to make more time for yourself, and we all got to make more time for ourselves. And may, maybe that's one great thing that'll come out of this, uh, you know, unfortunate situation. But you know, Ryan, this has been fantastic. How do people learn more about you or you're up to? What's the best way to for people to follow you?
1: Well, come follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, follow me. I'm, I'm at Ryan Patel Global on Instagram and Twitter. We you know, obviously got my website, RyanPatelSpeaks.com. But, you know, if you guys want to engage on content, we've got, I, I really do. I think we have some great LinkedIn community members that we're always talking about different things and um, not just from learning from me, but the con- if you, any of you all get a chance to read some of the comments on the on on some of the subjects I talk about from the people like these guys these people are getting 40, 50 likes on some of the conversations and I love that right the purpose is to learn from each other the purpose is is how different perspectives are going through so if you're willing if you want to see that I, I think it's feel free for sure follow me on LinkedIn because I think it's just a great community
0: awesome and I can tell you that Ryan has some amazing posts I'm always looking at them every day
2: we definitely <laughs> thank a lot. you. We definitely learned a lot from you today. So thank you again, Ryan, for being on today. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Neil. Thanks. Hey, if you like today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment.
0: If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you.